Hi, I'm Kate Spina. This is Toward Light, Practical Buddhism for the Modern World. Each week I explore ways to apply these timeless teachings to our daily life. Welcome to Episode 5 of the Toward Light Podcast. Today I'm going to talk about community, connection, friendship. It's said that we can take refuge or find safety in three things, in the Buddha, in the Dharma, and in the Sangha. We take refuge in the Buddha, in this man, Siddhartha Gautama, who practiced meditation and found a way to wake up. We also take refuge in our goodness, in our capacity to awaken. We take refuge in the Dharma, in the teachings, the truth of things, the way things really are. And we take refuge in the Sangha, in the community of people who've passed these teachings on over the last almost 2,600 years. And also we take refuge in our communities, in our spiritual homes, in the ways that we stay connected to others and have wise friendship, wise companionship, spiritual friendship. It feels very important to talk about this right now because many of us are not able to connect with our communities in the same way that we used to be able to. Most spiritual communities are not gathering together in proximity. A lot of the offerings have been shifted online. And so I think it's really important to take some time to look at how can we stay connected? How can we take refuge or find safety in connection when it doesn't look like the way we're used to, when it's not happening at the same frequency? Community is so important in moments like this where we are spending parts or all of our day in some level of fear, worry, anxiety. I talked about this in another episode, but Maslow talks about this hierarchy of needs and that our safety needs need to be met and our physiological needs need to be met before we can work up into these egoic and self-actualization needs. And so a lot of spiritual work is at the point of that triangle. And most of us right now, our needs aren't being met at the base necessarily. So how can we get to that point? And that is why community is so important right now, because it can feel difficult to cultivate practice or enhance our practice or grow our practice on our own. Many of us need support. 
And so we may need to look for support from communities, from organizations, from groups. Or we may find support one-on-one through spiritual friendships. I also wanted to talk about this today because I wanted to normalize the fact that practice does feel different right now for many of us. And our relationship to spirituality might feel different. The availability of our practice, it may feel harder to pick up than we're used to. On a good day, when I have a negative thought, I can challenge it pretty easily. But right now, that feels harder to access because I'm swimming in a individual and cultural collective sea of a pandemic. So it feels a little bit harder for me to reach for the meditation and mindfulness tools that I'm used to reaching for. I also want to normalize that for some folks, connecting online feels really difficult or doesn't feel accessible. For some of us, who might be working or in intense situations or dealing with loss at a immediate level, at the end of the day, this may not be the tool to pick up or the tool that you're drawn to. You might rather watch an episode of Netflix or listen to a podcast about musicals than listen to a Dharma talk or get onto a call. And, and that's okay. One of the reasons I've made these podcast episodes so short is because I want them to be accessible right now. Attention spans feel shorter and it feels like great. Pick it up, take a bite of the Dharma, but you don't need to spend an hour and a half with me with this. So really, as I talk about community, as I talk about the importance of community connection, know yourself, honor what you need. Also, as I talk about Sangha, as I talk about these connections, we sometimes have these ideas of what spiritual connection looks like or we prioritize certain relationships over others like the relationship with a teacher maybe or oh this person's been practicing so long so I can get so much from them but the more that we walk this path we can see all of our relationships as spiritual friendship we begin to get really clear about where we can and cannot place our attention. There's a sutta that's often cited. It's in the Samyutta Nikaya, which is one of the collections of the teachings. It's the Connected Discourses. And it's Samyutta Nikaya 45. Ananda, who is the Buddha's attendant, He comes to the Buddha and says, oh, I figured it out. Like half of the spiritual life is good friendship, good companionship, good comradeship. The Buddha says, not so, Ananda. This is the entire spiritual life. When somebody has a good friend, it is expected that they will develop and cultivate the path. 
So how is this true? How is spiritual friendship the whole of the holy life? And how does spiritual friendship help us cultivate the path? If I was in a vacuum, I wouldn't have found this path, right? Like I found this through other people. I first heard about Buddhism that I remember that it really stuck with me in college. I'm sure I'd heard teachings before, but when I was in college, I really remember a professor talking about Buddhism in a way that it sort of pinged in my attention of, oh, this is something I want to pay attention to. And throughout my practice, the ways that I've had access to these teachings, it's all come through other people. It's all come from spiritual friendship, from community, from sangha. These teachings have come down from a lineage of others and somehow landed with me in different moments. So yes, I can see that the whole of the holy life is around this connection. The whole of this path is cultivated because of spiritual friendship, because of wise friendship. And so how do we develop the path? How does having a good friend help us develop the path? I mean, I see this with my teacher when I'm talking to him about things that are coming up for me. Like when we were recently speaking and I was talking about a unwholesome thought pattern that was arising. And I was talking about it a little bit more from like a modern psychological perspective. And he simply asked the question, what is the Buddhist antidote to this? What is arising and what is the antidote? And what was arising was fear. And what the antidote was in that moment was some acceptance of what was arising. Not fighting against it, pushing against it, but accepting what is. And so by that question, that simple question, he's shining a light of wisdom, of panya. The next three path factors, the sila, the ethical factors. I can definitely see how good friendship plays into that. Part of it is that I spend time with people who are also interested in practicing wise speech, wise action, wise livelihood. So they're working not to cause harm. And so that helps me to want to do the same thing. That helps me feel accountable, feel supported, gives me examples of ways to do it. When I'm struggling with sending a difficult email I have a whole group, a sangha, a community of people I can show that email to and say, hey, is wise speech present here? Can you give me a little bit of help? And so how does a friend help us cultivate these samadhi factors, these path factors of wise effort, of wise mindfulness and wise concentration? There have been periods of my practice where I've done accountability work with other meditators to make sure that we're practicing every day and we text each other, write each other and say, oh, I did it today or, oh, I missed. And sometimes when I would see the text from the other person, it would motivate me. It would be like, yes, oh, right. I'm in this. We're in this together. The other way that I feel like good friendship helps me to cultivate this part of the path is because I get feedback. I hear 
from the people in my life when I'm easier to be around and when I'm more difficult to be around. If I track it, I am always easier to be around when I am regularly meditating. When I'm not regularly meditating, I do see that I'm I'm more reactive and less wisely responsive. So we cultivate this path by ourselves, the wisdom, the ethical, and the mental cultivation factors, but it is supported when we do it with others or have others around us who can help. And for some folks, a good spiritual friend might be a book or a series of guided meditations. Wherever you're getting the teachings or wherever you're getting the support, that is beautiful. In his book, The Buddha's Teachings on Social and Communal Harmony, the monk and translator Bhikkhu Bodhi has an entire chapter on good friendship. And in the introduction, he says... Good friendship is essential not only because it benefits us in times of trouble, satisfies our social instincts, and enlarges our sphere of concern from the self to others. It is critical because good friendship plants us in the sense of discretion, the ability to distinguish between good and bad, right and wrong, and to choose the honorable over the expedient. So how do we discern when things are wise or unwise, good or bad, wholesome or unwholesome? And how do other folks help us with that? Part of it for me is noticing how I feel after interacting with people. And if I feel really drained or really scared or really overwhelmed, it can give me information I can look back and say, what happened in that interaction that led to this feeling? And what can I do in the future so that when I interact with somebody, I'm not engendering that feeling? Or on the flip side, if I leave an interaction with someone feeling safe, energized, joyful, I can reflect and say, okay, like how can I bring that to my interactions with others? What helped bring that up in me and how can I share that? We also can see how we have effect on others, how when we say or do things that have a negative effect, that can help us discern, oh, that's actually not a wise way to be, or oh, with that person, that's a painful way to interact. Maybe I could do something different. I have a tendency to be a little bit blunt, especially over email, and had someone give me some feedback once of like, wow, there was a real ouch in that email and it would have felt better if you had done it this way. And because I got that feedback, I was able to implement it in future emails, but also to see like, oh, this is a weak point for me, or this is somewhere where I can cause harm. So if it's an especially touchy email or If I have to give some problematic feedback, really important for me to check in with others, have someone read over a draft before I send it. And so this idea of spiritual friendship, good friendship, it doesn't have to look like one thing. The word in Pali is kalyanamitta, 
And your Kalyanamitta can show up in all sorts of different ways. They can show up in a formal meditation community or not. You might be in a formal meditation setting and not find a Kalyanamitta there. That's okay. It might be a sibling. It might be a partner, a friend, a mentor. Like I said, it might be a teacher who you've never been able to sit with in person but get so much from their books and their teachings. In this moment where things feel charged, activated, difficult, so important to look at where do you find safety in your relationships? What relationships feel safe to you? What communities feel safe to you? And the ones that don't, it's okay not to engage right now. If you are seeking more community, There are so many options right now in terms of things that are offered online. And it can be exciting. We're not constrained by geography right now. So if you've always wanted to sit with a group in New York or a group in Nashville or a group in the UK and you don't live in those places, now is your moment. In the show notes, I have a broader link for Tricycle Magazine's constantly updated Google Sheet of all the online offerings. That is across multiple Buddhist traditions. So know that some of those offerings are not ones that I've ever sat with or am drawn to, but just want to give you a big, broad database if you want that. Three things in this tradition that are offered that I will also link in the show notes is Spirit Rock the Insight Meditation Society in Massachusetts, and the Insight Meditation Center. All three of them have several online offerings throughout the week. It's an opportunity to check in with different teachers, check in with different formats. Some of these offerings are simply a meditation. Some of them are teachings and sharing. Some of them are short teachings. Some of them are long things. Some folks are offering retreats. There's a lot out there right now. Really important to check in with what you need. Again, refuge, it's this place of safety. So make sure that the communities and the friendships that you're connecting with right now are cultivating that for you. Now, just to be clear, like safety doesn't always mean easy, right? Like... It can be hard. Relationship can be difficult. Like that is a normal part of relationship. Anytime two people are together, living from two sets of different conditioning, you're going to rub up against each other. And when we're talking about community, that's a lot of causes and conditions. Relationship is not always easy. Community is not always easy. But do you feel more safety than less? Do you feel fed? Do you feel nourished? Do you feel supported? So these are just a few of my thoughts about community, sangha, taking refuge in this third of the triple gems. And I hope that whatever this week is bringing for you, that you're able to find moments of connection and safety. 
Thank you so much for listening. The links are in our show notes. You can find me on Instagram at towardlight108 and the website is towardlight.net. If you have any questions or feedback, I'd love to hear from you. Be well.